Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, June 21st. What's going on? How are you? How's it going, everyone? Everyone, how are you? I hope you had a happy Father's Day. Father's Day. I hope everybody, uh, you know, hope you had a good time. You know, I bitched enough about my Father's Day to make sure that my wife realized that it's called Father's Day. Not Father's Morning. Not Father's Morning and into the early afternoon and then the shit goes back to normal. Ah, no! Father's Day, all day. All day, baby, all day! Who you honoring? This guy! Who's the man with the shit jokes that keeps the lights on? That's right. Say it. Repeat after me. Right? This is my day. (laughs) So I'm in the middle of my day right now. Of course, I still have to do a podcast, you know. But, you know, whatever. I'm still enjoying myself. I've been chilling out. You know, my wife was asking me. She's like, what do you want to do for, for Father's Day? Do you want to go to brunch? Can you believe that? Can you believe the fucking nerve of that beautiful saint of a woman that married this fucking asshole? Can you believe that? Do I want to go to brunch? No, I don't want to do your shit on my day. So she laughed. She goes, all right, well, what do you want to do then? And I said, nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. Nada. Zero. Zilch. Big L right on my forehead. Okay, I want to do nothing. Like an overpaid free agent does in the playoffs, I want to do what they do. Nothing. (laughs) And that's what I've been doing. You know, she took the kids out and everything, but I'm going to go meet up with them because I was like, listen, I mean, I want to hang out and not do anything, but I don't want you guys to leave. I love you guys. I was actually playing with my son this morning, man. I had such a blast with him. He doesn't know how to say my name, but the second he sees me, he goes, ball. Ball, ball, because he knows he knows it's going down. He knows the energy is going up, and he gets excited. So um, this morning I was rolling the ball to him. And he was laying on his side. And he actually decided that he was going to kick the ball laying sideways. I'm telling you, this kid is coordinated. This is not the ramblings of an overly proud dad who's head over heels in love with his son. I'm telling you, this kid has got skills. <laughs> He's going to make all the dreams I couldn't come true. No pressure, son. No. Um, my daughter now can like throw and catch ridiculously. We have so much fun. And uh, I'm telling you, like that's, that's part of like, you got to teach your kids how to do shit, you know, and not only do shit, you got to teach them with both hands, right? Righty, lefty, switch hit. The whole fucking thing, you just turn it into a game. They learn how to do shit. They have confidence, especially for the girls, too, because that fucking bullshit where they just stand around and watch boys do stuff, you know, I, I, I don't want, you know, my wife wasn't like that. She told me when she was a kid, when she was in, uh, she wasn't that kind, you know, she's like, I'm going to stand around and watch boys playing sports. I'm going to go do shit. Oh, Jesus, that's what I married. <laughs> It has its finer points, you know, the ups and downs. Oh, Jesus. So um, 
I've just been chilling out. I I, I started watching uh, yet another movie. I found this website. I'll give it to you. It's called Collider.com. C-O-L-L. Was that Collider? I'm so dumb. I have no idea. C-O-L-L-I-D-E-R dot com. And it has, um, what does it have here? It had all of these, let me get to the top here. 33 great 70s films that time forgot. There's some fucking crazy ones. I just started to watch the the first one that's on the list. Um, no, not the first one. The second one, Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion, which is weird because it seems like uh, the whole movie was like, they dubbed in the... Um, the, uh, the dialogue afterwards, like they lost all the sound. I don't know what's going on. I mean, everything's in Italian as far as like the uh, the credits go, but it looks like the way their lips are moving is that they're speaking English, but maybe the English was so bad that they just had some fucking English actors, English-speaking people dub them in. I don't know what, but uh, I am enjoying it so far. But I saw a fucking movie that all of you right now, you need to stop, you need to neglect your family, and you need to sit down right now. If you are a fan of fucking Dustin Hoffman, Harry Dean Stanton, um, uh, 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 Gary Busey, and Jake Busey, who I worked with a long time ago, uh, his first acting role ever literally plays Gary Busey's son in this incredible fucking movie called uh, Straight Time, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up right now so I, can, I, get, I get this story right. Um, it was basically, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, a Teresa Russell is unbelievable in it. M Emmett Walsh, all of these great character actors and Er Edward Bunker, who's actually the, he was doing time, I think in San Quentin. I'm not sure, but he wrote this book about what it was like to do time and get out of jail and all that stuff, I guess. I never read the book, but Dustin Hoffman read the book, fell in love with it, wanted to do this movie. The movie came together. Edward Bunker is in it. If you recognize that name, um, it's because Quentin Tarantino evidently is a big fan of the movie Straight Time, and when he did Reservoir Dogs, Edward Bunker, um, who wrote the book that Straight Time is based on, played one of the Reservoir Dogs, who unfortunately for his character gets killed Spoiler alert, Jesus Christ, the movie's only been out for fucking 30 years, um, in the robbery. Um, so they all tie together, and um, did I already talk about this? I feel like I already talked about this. I think I talked about it on the last podcast. Sorry, I've just been so fucking busy. But uh, if, if you missed my last podcast, definitely go check it out. Um, or maybe I was talking to DeRosa about it. Dude, Harry Dean Stanton is just amazing in that movie, when you meet his character, the situation that he's involved in, you you just got to check the thing out. Kathy Bates, one of her first movies, she's in it. Um, it's just a uh, really gritty, incredible. And I, I don't think I've ever seen Dustin Hoffman play a character like this guy. And uh, it also takes place in L.A. in the 70s. So it has all those fucking cars that I love. And... Um, just takes me back to this fucking time where my life was simple. Most people's lives weren't. Uh, speaking of that, speaking of that, a buddy of mine who did some work on my old truck, um, he found this old Ford, four-door, like LTD, an original owner, 
um, or maybe the second owner, but like the car is all original except, listen to this shit, it's a 1970, right? It has a second gas tank in the trunk that was added after, you know, obviously aftermarket, put this thing in there because of the gas shortage in the early 70s. And they never took it out and they still have it. How fucking cool is that, you know? That reminds me like, you know, uh, when you watch the uh, Jay Leno's Garage, like literally, you know, I would say at least 30% of your love for whatever vehicle is the story. I mean, you got to love the way the car looks and everything, but if it's got the great story on top of it, um, how fucking cool is that? I mean, not, now that's literally like, that is like a statement of just <laughs> what the car went through, where this country was at, and the bullshit of the gas shortage, because here we are 50 fucking years later. I remember, I remember those lines. That's how old I am. And, um, and the, the speed limit just come, kept coming down and down, down to 55 miles an hour. And I was talking to my grandfather at the time going like, going, you know, by the time I learn how to drive, the speed limit's going to be like 30. And he was like, he was smoking a pipe. He's like, oh, no, no, son. It's not going to come down that far. <laughs> um, but also, there, but there was talk about how there wasn't going to be any more. We were running out of gas. And there was this big panic by people sitting in those lines that they, that they, that then that became all of those fucking horrible, at least the the American ones were fucking horrible. It's a really a bad time for cars for America from sort of the mid seventies until, uh, I mean, you know, a major portion of the eighties. Then I feel like we came back in the nineties, but that was a really dark, dark fucking time with the Chevy Chevette the Ford Escort, the Pontiac T-1000s, the fucking Sunbirds, the Cadillac went down to like the size of a fucking um, a Ford Fairmont. It was just bad. The whole fucking thing. They're ugly. Those Dodge K cars that saved Chrysler. I mean, now like people go and buy them because they're like the fucking ugliest cars ever and there's just something funny about them to see. I love the one that had the wood siding on it. I want to say Doug Stanhope had had one of those when he was out here in L.A. because everything he does is fucking hilarious. Even the car he buys was hilarious. Um, but anyway, so this movie, you got to see it straight time. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, and they have like all of these these um, amazing, amazing movies. So, and I watched this other movie called Images, which I can't remember if I told you that about Robert Altman, one of his first ones. It's about a woman slowly losing her fucking mind, and uh, that's another good one too. So that's it. All right, oh Billy cinephile now, huh? What happened to me? What happened to me? Um, I'll tell you what happened to me. Last night, I went out. Like Saturday night is my night with my wife. Friday night was for the girlfriend. Saturday night was for the wife. What was that? It was, uh, <laughs> let's fucking, uh, Goodfellas. Oh, no, it was Friday nights for the wives. And then Saturday night was for the girlfriends. It's like, Jesus Christ. Maybe if you had a stay at home wife, she could be excited, but still she worked home. She worked all day with the fucking kids. I guess she would on Saturday too. I don't know. Fucking take her out Friday. All right, sweetheart, I'm going out Saturday. You're wearing a nicer suit. What's going on with you? Um, so anyway, we go out on Saturday nights. Say 
That happened because of the pandemic. I mean, I'm a stand-up comedian. I never had a date night ever on Saturday night, and you know, ever. Even before I was a comedian, because I was a fucking loser who couldn't get a girlfriend. Um, I was not a loser. I was an abused child who was introverted. There you go. Put it on society. Um, no, who's kidding? I had fucking fire. I had fucking orange hair. All right. I was an absolute freak. I looked like Bernie from room 222. All right. The deck was stacked against me. All right. I was like the fucking New Orleans Pelicans. You know, if you could put that franchise in a, in a, into a man, it would be me in my early twenties. Um, those poor fucking people. They're on their way to losing Zion. You can hear, he's already bitching. Oh, they don't have the right fucking pieces. They don't get the fucking money. Um, Unbelievable. It's unfucking believable. That's how they run it. People seem to enjoy it. So anyway, speaking of that, so last night we ended up going out. Um, we had we had such a fucking great time. Um, now that I'm not an angry lunatic who like all of his fucking bullshit from 30 years ago comes up every time somebody cuts him off in traffic and which would just instantly ruin the night. So I don't do that shit anymore. Um, and we just had this easy fucking night. It was amazing. And, um, you know, I like writing ideas and shit. And he always has good ideas for like TV shows. And we always like kick him around. So we were hanging out and she goes, Hey, she goes, you want to go to a cigar bar? You know, we'll kick this idea around. You know, we have a cigar. I'll fucking hang out or whatever. And I'm just like, absolutely. This is like the perfect night. We just had a great meal, you know? And uh, so we went out, went to the cigar bar, and I come walking in, and lo and behold, game seven, fourth quarter of the Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks is on. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I'm a hockey guy. I mean, I know I knew I was missing the Islanders game. Um, but I came walking in, and everybody, and like the place was fucking, you know, it was intense in a cigar bar kind of way. You know what I mean? And, uh, Everybody was going nuts, and I'm just thinking, like, all right, I know Milwaukee's keeping it close, but, like, you know, they got all these fucking superstars, you know? And then I saw Kyrie Irving. Irving wasn't playing game seven because he twisted his ankle, which is fucking hilarious if you watch hockey. Um, I twisted my ankle. I can't be there for you on game seven. Sorry, guys. (laughs) He looked like he was walking around fine in his street clothes. Um, But anyway... So I watched the game, and uh, I got to tell you something, man. Kevin Durant, you know, I'm done giving that guy shit for fucking piling on with the Warriors. That guy is a fucking reptile, just ice water in his veins. And when he hit that fucking what I thought was a three-pointer, my dumbass, I thought they were up at the, that point, and I thought he had iced the game. And my fucking eyes are going. I was like, oh, is it a tie scored? <laughs> He's looking at me. Um, I actually watched that. And when they cut to his mother, I remember thinking like, what has that got to feel like to see your son do that at that level? It's just got to be, it's got to be unbelievable. Like, I can't believe that's my kid. Um, So they go into overtime and I'm just looking at the Milwaukee Bucks and I'm like, this game is over. They already lost. People laugh and go, no, nah, come on, the games keep going. I go, they quit. They quit. They're like, ah, you know what you're talking about. I go, listen, I've quit enough in life to know what it looks like, right? I was killing 
I was killing in that cigar. I killed so hard in that fucking cigar bar, I didn't even have to go do a set next door. Because I was saying, yeah, maybe I can jump on, just do a little time or whatever. I fucking got so many goddamn laughs having such a good time watching that amazing, amazing, amazing game. And uh, I don't know, man. I was wrong. I've been so fucking wrong. Um, maybe you guys have always known that about me, but I'm sort of discovering how much I've been wrong about fucking so much shit here in sports lately. I think now that I got the kids, I just I just don't have enough time to pay attention because um, I did not see this Islanders run coming. I did not see this Canadians run coming. I didn't see any of this shit. And I thought, you know, you look at the fucking Brooklyn Nets with all those superstars and all that shit. I'm like, they got it. I don't give a fuck if one of them's hurt and the other guy fucking has a fucking ingrown toenail or whatever the hell the problem. You got a hamstring problem. Um. You know, this, the Bucks don't have enough firepower to beat this team. And lo and behold, they ended up uh, they ended up winning. I just had so much fun. And it was kind of cool that my wife was there, too. She's like, wow, man, this is like really, this is a good time. I'm like, yeah, man, sports. Get into it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, watch something. You know, she's social. See, she, she's social. So if she's just home with me. You know, she takes me for granted. I'm like that lamp in the corner. Every morning you wake up and there it is. After a while, you stop seeing it. So, you know, it takes a bunch of other guys flipping out for her to get fucking, oh, shit, you know, this is the thing. Yes, yes, this is the thing. So congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. All the fans, of course, a bunch of new fans, because anytime you have a run, there's a bunch of new fans. But all the hardcore Milwaukee Buck fans, all the way back to Sydney Moncrief, still waiting for your first fucking NBA championship since fucking 19... I'm going to say 71? When Luau Cinder? Let's see if I look. If I look, let's see if I'm right. Milwaukee Bucks NBA championship. I'm going to say 71. 71. 71. Bam! Here's one for you. Here's, I left this long message on a buddy of mine's phone where, you know, I was thinking about the Toronto Maple Leafs and their 54-year drought, which is really interesting. 54 years. Now, if you're a hockey fan, then 54 should stick out, especially if you're a Ranger fan. That was how long their drought lasted, and they were considered cursed. Um, They went from 1940 to 1994. 54 years without winning Lord Stanley. Right? Now, what's crazy about that is that that was 27 years ago. And 27 years ago, when they won their first cup in 54 years, the Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay, the Toronto Maple Leafs were 27 years into their drought. And no one was saying that they were cursed because Detroit had still not won and neither had Chicago. Detroit hadn't won since like the mid-50s. Chicago hadn't won since 60 or 61. So let's talk droughts here. I think droughts are overrated and curses and all of that type of shit. I think there has to be like now that there's so many fucking like I understand why the 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 Red Sox were considered cursed. Um, I mean, obviously, they went 86 years, but also it's like, dude, you guys weren't winning champ. Red Sox were not winning championships when there was like 12 teams in the league. Um, so I understand them getting shit like that. And I guess you can still give it 
I guess the Maple Leafs haven't won since the expansion six, where they went from six to 12. There's still no excuse for what the fuck has happened with those guys. However, if you really look at the numbers, you know, if there's 30 teams, all it takes is about four or five of them to go on a run. And once they start winning like multiple championships, it, it becomes like the Michael Jordan thing where all of those, you know, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, um, uh, uh, what's his fucking name there on, on, the, on the Portland Trailblazers from Houston. Ah, uh, fuck, what the fuck? Clyde, uh, Clyde Drexler, all of those great Dominique Wilkins, all of those guys who never won championships. Because, maybe maybe Dominic, Dominique sort of overlapped the Larry Bird era and Magic Johnson. But like all of those people who didn't win is totally understandable. Like if you look at the NBA in the, in the, in the 80s, it was basically the Lakers and the Celtics. Sixers got one. And then you went into the Pistons era where they went back to back. And then it was like the fucking Chicago Bulls. Houston went in two. So you're talking about from 1980 to 1998, 18 NBA titles up for grabs. The Lakers, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Pistons, the Bulls, and the Rockets. Six teams got all 18 of those. So right there, there goes two fucking decades. And then then along comes the Spurs that are going to grab five. And then along comes the pile-on Lakers that are going to grab five. Right? Then all of a sudden, you're in a fucking drought. (laughs) That's how easy it happens. So, But I don't think it's like as bad as... It sucks for the fans, but it's not as like, God, how the fuck do you go 50 fucking years without winning? Easy. There's 30 teams. All you need is like four or five of them to win like five. There's half that time, and it's fucking over. So let's look at since 1967, since the last time the Leafs won it. As far as off the top of my head, um, the Canadians have won 10. They won 68, 69, 71, 73, 76, 77, 78, 79. That's eight right there. Then they won in 86 and in 93. There's 10. There goes a decade. So now you're down to 44 fucking years. All right? Off their 54-year curse. Then who's next? Uh, The Edmonton Oilers won five. 84, 85, 87, 88, and 90. All right, there's 15 years in. Islanders won four. Let's see, did the, uh, did the, how many of the, the Penguins? I'm going to have to look this up. Penguins won two with Mario, and then I think three. Yeah, so they've won five. So that's five, 10, 14, plus the Canadians, 10. Then the Devils won like three. The Red Wings won four. There's another seven that are out the fucking window. Like, I don't even know how many teams have even, like... <laughs> it's really hard, is what I'm saying, for, like, the St. Louis Blues. I mean, for them to go 50-something years to finally fucking win it, Um, I guess I kind of understand why they won it the way they did. It's just like, listen, we're not going to win it playing hockey. Let's just fucking run the goaltender and punch the better players in the face till they're fucking injured, and then we'll win the series. Blues. Sorry. Uh, the Capitals. Who else was like a one and dunner? Calgary got one in 89. 
Yeah, so I'm just saying, it's very easy. That was a long, long fucking way to go to say that it's really easy to get into a fucking drought. That's all I'm saying, people. So lay off these fucking coaches. Okay, it's very difficult. I'll tell you what else is difficult is, is for me to sit there and understand how, like, I really thought, like, okay, the Islanders got by the Bruins. That's sort of their cup. Tampa's the defending champions. I mean, I know it's 2-2. They did go up 2-1. I still think that they have an advantage um, in this series. But the thing about the Islanders is you have to play with the lead with those guys. And that also includes games. Like, I don't see them going down 3-2 and winning that series. They have to win the next one. And I would almost say win both of them. I think they need to run the table. I just, I'm saying it right now. Having watched 20 minutes of fucking hockey during the regular season. I watch more than that. I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning win a game seven against the Islanders. All right. And then the Canadians. All right. If you're, oh, they're going to lose this round. They lose that. He's a good, good fucking team with a great coach. And they got a great fucking goaltender who finally has the people in front of them. And uh, as they say, as they say, they, they, they got hot at the right time. So we shall see. I think the Canadians are going to take that fucking series. Um, and you know something? The old me two podcasts ago was all pissed off about it. And now it's like, Bill, why don't you just fucking enjoy this great coaching and this fucking really fun hockey? They're a fucking fun team to watch. I hate to say it. They are. They are. You know, and, what, and, and whether I hate them or not is not going to f- affect whether they win or lose it. So I might as well just sit there and enjoy it. You know? I got wife and kids walking around the house. I'm going to be sitting downstairs like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's boring! Fucking boring! I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that to people. I've done it enough. Congratulations to Mark Marquez! The king is back. Surprise, surprise. UFC reference. Um, I missed the race. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm a, I'm a member on MotoGP, uh, their website. I'm going to watch it. It's so fucking exciting that he has come back and he makes everybody better. And um, the fact that, you know, I heard it was a great come from behind victory. He's behind in the points. It's just going to be, I'm calling it right now, even though I'm wrong about everything in sports now, it's going to be fucking insanity watching him trying to run down. Uh, who, the, who was the guy who was, oh, I always forget his fucking name, Fabio Quattraro. I think he, he's leading in points. And now he's coming. All right? Like that Disney movie I only saw once, but everybody always makes a reference to. The little fucking lion gets kicked out by the evil lion. What, what were you saying fucking Fabio's the fucking evil? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's like a Disney movie. No, if a Disney movie, if a Disney movie made it, I don't want to do that. It's a bad joke now, considering what... All right. Fuck that joke. All right. Um, so, what else? What else has been fun in my life? Um, oh, just continuing to go down my little country uh, outlaw rabbit hole and just listening to more and more shit and uh, just continuing to play it in the car while I drive my daughter around wherever the hell we're going because she's on summer vacation now, which is fucking awesome. It's, you know, you know what's cool about your daughter being on summer vacation? It's like you're on vacation too because you don't have to get up, do her hair, and drive her to school. You get to chill out, you know, sleep in, make waffles around 9, 9.30, you know? It's still the end of a pandemic. I don't have anywhere to go. This is fucking great. I swear to God, man. If I could have just been a little bit smarter with my money and invested, right? 
But where would you invest? You can't invest in real estate. A pandemic, these people can't pay their rents. What are you going to charge them? You be that guy, kicks them out to do what? Who's going in there? Nobody has a job. You know, fucking rent out your building only to the scientists who came up with the vaccine that half the people don't want to take? No, you can't fucking do that. Um, yeah, I think I would retire. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I could fucking do it. I wouldn't retire, retire, but I just would be a local comic. I would just do spots out here in L.A. Just be the local guy. Podcasting. I mean, I could fucking do it if I wanted to. Just start doing that old man diet, you know? Hey, I have a couple of Fig Newtons and then some saltine crackers for breakfast. <laughs> you know, just start eating those little bird fucking meals that they eat and shuffle around the block. Oh, my God. I'm not going to do it. But if I did, if I retired, I would start getting the newspaper delivered to my house. And every morning, I'd, st- I'd start drinking coffee. I never drank coffee. I'd have a little fucking espresso or some shit, one little cappuccino or something. You know? And I'd, I'd smoke a little fucking nub. And I would, oh, dude, how great does that life sound? Retired. I love the idea of being all used up and nobody has any use for you anymore. <laughs> it's fucking great. Nobody fucking gives a shit. The phone doesn't ring anymore and you just fucking sit there reading the paper. Just talking to yourself. You know? You look at a headline. Yeah, Jesus Christ, look at this. What the fuck is going on with this country? You just reading this stuff, falling asleep, waking up, fucking ash on your t-shirt. All right, it's getting a little sad, but anyway, maybe I just need a vacation. Um, Vacation? I haven't done the road in over a year. Um, all right, so yesterday is part of my pre, um, as part of my pre-Father's uh, Day, I went up and uh, flew a helicopter. And I went up to the airport where I was flying out of, and because of the June gloom and possibly a fire, visibility was below 10 miles. So basically, uh, instrument weather is is th- uh, anything three miles, statute miles or less visibility. So it was down to seven. So I'm like, well, fuck that. I don't fly unless it says one zero. Clear day, that's what the fuck I'm all about. I'm not like these people that fly for a living who go, all right, we got to figure out a way through this shit. I'm not doing that. So, But I wanted to fly, so I just flew the pattern, um, which is you just take off, either bang a right or a left, and then you fly parallel down the runway, and you bang a right or a left, and then you just come in, low approach. You just do that for like an hour. And it's fun because it's actually... Um, there's a lot of, you're working on most of your skills, taking off, landing, hovering, um, the speed you're supposed to be at the altitude you're supposed to be at all that. And all that was a little bit rusty. So it was really fun to, uh, to do that. And then it was fun too, when I went into land, cause what I was flying was a, uh, sort of a unique helicopter, a newer one. Um, so there was some guy on the ground standing next to his helicopter and he was filming me. So he's filming me as I'm coming in. And then 
there's a space, the pad where I'm landing it on is in between two helicopters, his and then another helicopter where they're already run up the engine. And this guy's filming me just because he likes the helicopter. You know, everybody's into what people are flying. So I'm like, okay, don't pay attention to the guy filming you. I got to set it on a fucking pad. And it was kind of fun. It was like, all right, this is like David Letterman sitting right there. No, just block it out. Block that out. Go out, do your fucking jokes. I kind of used those muscles. And I was able to do the best job, but I was able to set it down. You know, I act like a catcher where it was kind of a ball and I was acting like it was a strike. I was a little bit over to the left. I wasn't too pleased with it, but it was good enough. You know, it was great. When I got out and I looked at it, I said, I fucking hate myself. And I said, no, I don't. Done with that shit, too, saying I fucking hate myself. So then I towed the thing back to the hangar and uh, this little Honda four-wheeler. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this, man. There's nobody around. It was just like nobody around. So I just fucking... Close the hangar. I just cruised around the airport on that four-wheeler. Running it through the gears. I'm just having a fucking great time thinking about how awesome my life is. And uh, who knew? Who knew that night I was going to go out to go to a cigar bar and watch that Game 7? Just had a fucking great day. So, I don't know. Is this weird for you guys? Me being happy? <laughs> I'm st- I guarantee you I'm still going to be a fucking lunatic on stage because um, I did a set at the comedy store Thursday night. I did two of them and um, oh my God, I was having a good time. I was having a great fucking time and I, didn't, I haven't even gotten into, because it's short sets, I haven't even gotten into what the fuck I want to talk about um, in this hour and uh, whatever this is going to be. So once again, I am really excited about this Vegas gig coming up. I'm doing some tune-up shows around L.A. that will be announced soon where I'm doing full sets, all right? Full contact karate comedy I'll be doing around town and um, working this shit out. And I don't know what it's going to be. I'm going to figure it out. So uh, when I get those dates, I will let you know. All right, and with that, let's read some of the advertising here. Oh, look, but up, but but me on these. Meundies smoking a fucking stick. Do 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 do. Meundies, meundies. You got too many free agents. You guys are dicks. I'm rooting for the other fucking team. Even though most of the guys I've never seen, I don't know their names, but I'm happy they won. And Milwaukee got a day in the sun. You fucking cheesy eaters. Don't fucking shart your fucking undies. All right, me. <laughs> All right, meundies. Summer is coming in hot, literally, literally. But with MeUndies, breathable and soft as heck fabrics. I love that they kept it family friendly. Um, You can soak up the sun and feel cool for the summer with a mix of classic fucking colors, just in case you guys think I'm going all country on you, family values, and adventurous prints, perfect for summer. Express yourself in your own unique way because MeUndies believes that comfort is is about more then what's touching your skin, it's about feeling comfortable in your skin. I only wear me undies because they're the softest underwear I've ever felt, and they send them to me for free! Had to be honest. Uh, designed to be the softest thing you've ever worn. They are very soft. They're very soft. Uh, me undies are energized by creative creativity and made for self-expression. Available in size and extra small to 4XL. Uh, MeUndies has countless styles and prints to choose from so your buns can have more fun. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. 
my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy, man. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, man, they'll refund it or exchange it, man. No caveats, no questions. To get your 15% off your first order, order. True giving me orders? Uh, free shipping. Go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies.com slash Burr for 15% off your first order and free shipping. I couldn't even remember where that quote came from. That was Scarface. Hey, Frank, the only thing that gives orders around here is bulls. Um, Indochino. The right outfit can bring out something special in us. And with Indochino, creating your best look could be um, more affordable than you think. Talk about any special occasions that have been postponed over the past year or any events that are coming up soon that you're looking forward to. I'm going to a wedding. You know, a lot of weddings were postponed. People did them over Zoom. You know, if it's some, you know, gold digger marrying an old guy, she's like, I don't give a pandemic or not. I got to marry this fucker before he dies. So I get my fucking... You know, talons in them. Um, it may have been a while since the last time you had an excuse to dress up. But whenever the next chance is, make the absolute most of it with the no Cheeto. Did you shop online or visit a showroom? Describe your experience. Oh, my God. The clothes went on forever. How did you personalize your clothing? Describe how wearing your custom piece makes you feel. I didn't do any of this shit. You didn't tell me to do it. I would have done it. I would have fucking got a fucking cheap. Oh, Jesus, I can't say that. <laughs> Cheap compared to that fucking monkey suit I bought for the goddamn Grammys, and then I was on the internet. That one still stinks. Fucking credit card was redlining. That's one of those things where the second I tried the pants on, the fucking credit card company was already calling me up. Are you trying on an expensive suit? You don't have any fucking place to go. Anyway, every piece is made to your exact measurement, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement lines. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part is, Indochino. Suits start at just $3.99 with all customizations included. Shop for your next best look or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get 50 bucks off your first purchase at $3.99. Or more by using code Burr at checkout. That's fifty dollars off a purchase of three nine or nine or, or more at i n d o c h i n o dot com. Promo code Burr. Okay, here we go. All right. Well, now now we are getting into it. We are getting into the questions, the the things that you people want to hear. Listen, are you broke? Are you so fucked up that you don't want to talk to a therapist because you can't be in the same room with another human being? Why don't you call the, why don't you write into a bald, freckled cunt who has no training whatsoever? You know, see what he has to say about shit. All right, things I should have said. Oh, this is this, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now, this segment is blowing up. Things I should have said. We've all been there. Something happens, right? You're shocked. The moment passes, it's too late, and then as you're driving home, a year later, two years later, fucking on your deathbed, you're like, you know what the fuck I should have said? I saw one of those moments. I was watching uh, my wife had on the Kardashians. I've just quit. I've tapped out. 
I'm like the fucking Maple Leafs, okay? I'm up three games to one, and I finally just said, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't give a fuck. I'd like my summer vacation to begin now by just having not thinking and just let you just roll over me. So now I'm watching the fucking Kardashians. And I got to tell you something, the fucking American psycho looking dude, Scott, first of all, I got to respect that man's drinking game. He got shit faced with one of the Kardashian brother. They were fucking pounding, pounding drinks. And he got absolutely hammered and he just went off the fucking rails and was doing like a stand-up set, shit face, just trashing everybody, trashing this woman. Hey, sweetheart, don't look at my cock. Look at his cock. He was out of his, wearing a robe. He was out of his fucking mind. It was tremendous. It was tremendous. Until, until he was shit-faced that night, and he was telling this old waiter to shut the fuck up, and he took a $100 bill and stuffed it into his mouth. And the the waiter didn't swing on him. He didn't say anything. You know, he's a fucking... Working the Kardashian VIP thing. He's working his tip. He's probably thinking I got too much. Yeah, I'm thinking I got too much to lose. And that's the moment. The people who have nothing to fucking lose do not have, you know what I should have said? They could have a segment going, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that, right? So this fucking guy. So I, I really, I had a ton of empathy for that guy. He's out there busting his ass and that fucking drunk asshole, you know, belittled him. And the second I thought that, I was like, I know exactly what that feels like. That guy getting that money stuffed in his fucking mouth. I know exactly what he's going to be. I should have. Why didn't I fucking punch him? It's going to make him hate himself. Uh, But we've all been there, which is the purpose of this fucking segment. Things I should have said. Number one. Hey, Billy Bagpipe. I like that. That's a new one. I listened to the recent podcast and thought about uh, and thought of the worst things I ever blurted out. Well, that's that's that should be things I shouldn't have said. Jesus Christ, you guys are like me. You don't even listen. Um, All right, I'll read it anyways. It was kind of funny years later, but still pretty stupid. I was in high school in the early 2000s. I was heavily bullied. One day during math class, an announcement was made that everyone from my gym class had to report to a lecture hall. I had no idea why and later found out it was because someone stole money. As I stood up to leave my math class and report to my lecture hall, my annoying bully classmates started asking why and making jokes at my expense. I got sick of it and said, we all bombed the school. Oh, boy. I was pulled out of my next class after math by a social worker. (laughs) She started asking me about my home life. Oh, God, now it's your parents' fault. Because of what I said, I explained that I was joking, but she said it was a big deal, and she would have to talk to my mom who was picking me up. I started crying. Oh, God. And then you cried on top of it. These are the thing. These are the stories that all great men have. This is what we're all running from. These moments. Uh, <laughs> this is what we're compensating for. You started crying. I've been there. Because I was afraid of being grounded. I was, in fact, grounded for a month which is plenty of time to learn how to build a bomb. What are your parents thinking? The next day, my principal told me I would either get a th- Get three days in school suspension or five days out. I chose out. I like that. I like that decision. There you go. There you go. He said I was not getting an expulsion hearing because I had no past behavior issues. He was also like, I also don't want to have to fucking, you know, 
look under my car every time I start it up and change my routine of how I go home. That's what the principal's thinking. Um, if I said this now, I probably would have been expelled. Definitely do not recommend saying the B word in a public place for any reason. Uh, hope to catch you in a city near me soon. Okay, people, this is like things I should have said. But if you want to say things I shouldn't have said, we can do that segment too. I don't, I'm easy. I don't give a fuck. Watching the Kardashians. I don't give a shit anymore. My, 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 I've completely sold out. All right, number two. Dear Billy eats too much cake, bitch tits, burr. Well, that was just, you know, too long to be funny, but, you know, just enough detail to be mean. All right. Hey, hi, I am 28-year-old male. Uh, 28 years old was the last time I had abs. And I'll tell you right where I lost them. I went to that Carney hot dog fucking train car. And I went in there. Somebody goes, have you ever tried chili cheese fries? And I said, no, I have not. And I ate those fucking thing. And my belly has been distended ever since. But they were delicious. Speaking of which, I went back there the, uh, yesterday or two days ago. Because um, I was hungry. I needed something quick. And what's better than a hot dog? Quick, right? And they had the, uh, the Red Baron. Oh, Freckles. Oh, Fire Engine Red Freckles got the Red Baron. It was absolutely delicious. I got one. It was perfect. And shout out to them. All right. Anyway. Hi, I'm a 28-year-old male, and I have a what-I-should-have-said story. A few years back, I worked with a girl, and because of the laws of proximity and horniness, we started dating. <laughs> both our jobs conveniently started ending at the same time, so we were both looking for jobs at a similar time as well. Uh, I found a job pretty quickly while she went through interviews. Finally, after a few months, she found a pretty awesome job, and they hired her. Good for her, right? Well, little did I know, she would turn into a total cunt because power and psychopaths mix like coke and booze. Did she mean a new guy at the job, I'm guessing? Well, we traded stories about our new job, and she constantly one-upped me. She even would brag about how she was making more money right to my face. Oh, God. There we go. That's a, that's a great one. This is what feminists would say. Well, you should be strong enough. You should be strong. It's like, well, if a guy was making more money than you and he threw it in your face, would you enjoy that? That's different. Why is that, hairy leg fucking person? Because it happened to me. All right. One day as the relationship was ending and I was finding self-respect again. <laughs> We were riding in the car and she was being cunty as usual. She blurted out, I always tell my coworkers that if they ever need me, my door is always open now. Now, at the time, I didn't really respond because I still wanted a banger, but this made me lose it on the inside. Literally, as soon as she got out of the car and was out of earshot, I said to myself, well, bitch, you work in a fucking cubicle, so you don't have much of a choice. <laughs> It was just the last straw in a series of ridiculous bragging from her. Anyway, I think about that at least once a month. I kind of want to call her just to say it, but fuck it. Water under the bridge, I guess. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it is. That, and you had a great line, too. I mean, dude, if you did that right then and then broke up with her on top of that, there's a reason why that happens in movies. Because it's a movie. It's not real. To fucking be able to do that in real time. I remember one time I, I was on this, uh, 
I think I've told this story before. That's all of my stories at this point when you do a podcast solo for the better part of fucking two decades. Um, I did this, uh, this trip. It was me, my brother, my grandmother at the time. I know. We, we were great grandkids, okay? She was alone at the time. We said, hey, we're going to go see the Southwest. Why don't you come along with us, right? So she, we'd take her to all the tourist sites during the day and at night me and my brother would go out and get ripped. You know, we had a great fucking time. So anyway, but we brought her along, Grand Canyon and all of that shit. So at one point, we went into some fucking restaurant somewhere around the Grand Canyon, and we went in there, and there was some fucking waitress, and she fucking hated her job. And she was being, it was so, I look back to it now, it was almost like an SNL character. And she was just going like, she was like, can I help you? Would you like anything to drink? Like she was talking to us like that, right? So finally it came around to me and I just go, uh, yeah, can I get uh, two eggs over easy, uh, some bacon and uh, some toast? She goes, what kind of toast? And I go, white toast, right? And it got real fucking quiet and she glared at me and I glared at her for half a second and then I looked away because I was like, uh, this is going to be, I don't even know why I fucking, I bitched up. I looked away. But uh, when she left, I remember my grandmother was very proud of me. She, she, you know, her old fucking, you know, lived through the depression grip, grabbed my hand. I go, is that too much? And she goes, no, her, her attitude is terrible. Oh, her attitude is terrible. Because that was, she came up in the time where the customer was always right. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. I kept my eye on her the whole time when she was making my toast to make sure she didn't fucking spit on it. But that, that's the closest I think I ever came. In, 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 in real, before I became like a comedian, um, and I can do it on stage just because that's what you have to do. I learned to do that, but still off stage, I still can't, I still don't do it. I still don't do it. I can, I can definitely like, you know, do a tirade of F-bombs, you know, and then make whatever, whatever the other person just did pale in comparison to whatever the fuck I just said. I'm not talking about not being able to. I've, I've done that. Uh, you know, because of this time, I can't even say what the fuck I said. Um, but I actually, this guy, uh, I'm going to tell this story at some point. I'm just going to tell the story. But I have to tell it to someone who's gay. <laughs> what I said to this guy in a crosswalk that I almost ran over because I didn't see him and I tried to apologize to him and he wouldn't have it. Uh, whatever, I'll tell that story someday. All right, number three. Hey, Billy, see, hey, Billy, see through tits. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I love it. Keep fat shaming me. I'm on my way. I already dropped fucking weight. Once you stop eating cake, you know, and you drink a smoothie, it just fucking, you go for walks, it melts away. Uh, I thought I'd chime in on the passive aggressive cunt segment you got going on here. A few years ago, I got out of the Navy and went to a bar in my hometown. I hadn't been to it in years. It was full of people I went to high school with, and for the most part, I got a pretty warm welcome. However, one guy wasn't so happy to see the attention I was getting. There's always that guy. He was the rich kid at my school who never made it out of that town. Uh, oh, that's a tale that's as fucking long as your fucking, I don't know what. All right, short of the long, he sits down next to me and loudly says, so what exactly did you do over there? Referring to my time in the Navy. I replied with a short job description. He replied with, oh, so nothing that important. 
He smiled and looked around at the other people sitting at the bar. In my drunken happiness to be home with friends and family, I didn't catch the slight until days later. Ugh. The thoughts I have about that are criminal, and luckily things happen the way they did. Uh, thanks for the podcast, and go fuck yourself. I know, dude. You just carry that. You just carry that. I know. What, what do you wish you would have said to that guy? Oh, so nothing that important. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I was inspired by what you've been doing with your life or something. I'd say that stinks too. What do you say to that guy? I think you got to go Clint Eastwood. Just fucking knock him out, right? Oh, so nothing that important. Yeah, I can't give you any of my old school rep- responses because all those words you can't say anymore, you get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the way it is. That is the way it is. Um, all right. So here we go. The Montreal Canadiens. You know, it's kind of funny, though, you know, when you really think about it, that the Montreal Canadiens have been around as long as they have, and Vegas is a new team. But they have so established themselves. You've got to give it up to the Vegas Knights, how much they've established themselves so quickly going to the NHL Finals. Uh, Stanley Cup Finals, I don't know, whatever their first year was, a couple, two, three years ago. Um, was that against the uh, Capitals, I want to say? Yes, it was, 2018. Um, I don't know. We we will see. We will see what happens. But uh, I was like everybody else going, this is going to be Vegas and Tampa in the final. And all of a sudden, it's looking like, is it going to be the Islanders and Canadians? Way back in the fucking day, the the people that ended. And then the Canadians could avenge the fact that the Islanders ended their almost decade-long dominance um, of the NHL. Well, they sort of shared the dominance with Tampa, Tampa, with Toronto until 1967. I don't know. All right, guys, I'm all alone in the house right now, and I'm just starting to babble, you know, beyond what I usually do here on the podcast. Um. So I came up a little bit short. It's only 54 minutes, but you know what? God damn it. It is fucking, it is uh, Father's Day. I'll fucking, I'll tough it out. I'll do another fucking five minutes for you. All right. You want to hear the music I've been, I've been playing for my kid. Uh, so I've been playing with the Kin- Kingston Trio and some Glenn Campbell, this, this song called Gentle On My Mind. And I kind of got into this song because I saw him play. There's a if you go on YouTube and you watch him play it live, and uh, you see Willie Nelson and all these guys just sitting there watching him playing. It's fucking amazing. Like, uh, but the fucking lyrics. It's a really sad song. To the point, I'm like, is this like, is this just me or is this song really fucking sad? It's kind of about this guy who has this chick that he really loves, you know? But he's always away, and he's not near her. But she's when he thinks of her, she's always gentle on his mind, which means he loves her. So the whole fucking song, I'm like, well, then what the fuck are you going all around everywhere? Why don't you go home to her? And the song was making me sad, and I realized, like, oh, wait a minute. This is what the fuck I did. This is how I fucked up a bunch of relationships. 
This is how like I, you know what? This is how fucked up I was as a, as a kid. When there was a girl that I liked, rather than going over and saying hello and asking her out, I just started fantasizing about me playing the electric guitar or something, <laughs> fucking being a comedian or I don't know what, fucking running into a house fire. I would just have these hero fantasies, right? And even in the hero fantasy, I never talked to her. She just saw me do what I did, and then that was it. (laughs) I was a fucking mess. So I'm just sitting there reading the lyrics. Oh, this is the wrong song. This is a song called Dreams of the Everyday Housewife, which uh, if you want to know why the woman's movement ever happened, just read those fucking lyrics. Jesus Christ. Um it's like a tribute to the woman who just gives up everything that she ever had. And now she's old and she's looking at old pictures of her when guys were all interested in her and now they're not. And now she's just a wrinkled housewife and she gave it all up for me and my dreams. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, you know, as much as a dick as I am, I, I, it's not like I don't understand where all this fucking shit from the ladies is coming from. Um, Oh, gee, Bill, thank you for extending the olive branch. You freckled cunt. You're welcome. Um, all right. His gentle on my mind. Uh, Let me read some of these sad fucking lyrics. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. So I'm like, all right, good. He's settling down. And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds and the ink stains that have dried upon some lines that keep you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory and keep you ever gentle on my mind. So I'm like, oh, wait, what the fuck? The back roads of your memory. No, the back roads and by the rivers of your memory, like she's in your past. So I feel bad for this guy because it's like, well, stop fucking running around like a goddamn idiot. And why don't you go to this person? And you know why? Because he can't. He doesn't know how to love. So instead, he's when I walk around some railroad track and find that you're moving on the, this fucking guy, he's on railroad tracks. Where else is he? And still might run in silence. Tears of joy might stain my face. This is when he's hammered, thinking about how much he loves her, mumbling, saying all the shit he should have said to her, but now he's saying it next to some fucking hobo in a campfire. And the summer sun might burn me till I'm blind but not to where I cannot see you walking on the back roads by the rivers flowing gentle on my mind. Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and these songs will continue to be written until it's acceptable for a man to acknowledge that crying is actually a, a viable fucking emotion that you're supposed to use as opposed to fucking pushing it down and going playing a contact sport. You know, Fucking, you know, I don't know, beating the shit out of some fucking weaker kid who then stands up and makes a bomb threat in a fucking math class. Sorry, it's all connected. But anyway, the song's called <laughs> Gentle on My Mind by Glenn Campbell. You should check it out. And uh, I don't know, if you're living that life, you know, it's never too late to turn it around. Maybe you could go cheer up that fucking waitress in Arizona that I had 30 fucking years. Look at me, I'm tiny. With 19 seconds to go.
I'm like the Milwaukee Bucks here. You guys didn't think I was going to pull out a full hour. Well, guess what I did? That's it. That's the Monday morning podcast. Go fuck yourselves. And I will check in on you on uh, what is what is the day after Wednesday? Sorry, I got to make an hour. It's uh, Thursday. Bam. I did an hour. All right. Happy Father's Day, everybody. I'll see you.